Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Oracle. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast, sponsored by Oracle. My name is Brian Moran, and today I want to welcome Brian Kramer to our podcast. Brian is a renowned social business strategist, a global keynote speaker, and by the way, I highly recommend you watch his TED Talk, which is fantastic. Uh, he's also an executive coach and best-selling author. Brian is one of the world's foremost leaders in the art and science of sharing and has been credited with instigating the H2H human business movement in marketing and social. Lastly, I'm proud to add that Brian is also a member of the SMB Experts, a panel comprised of today's top SMB thought leaders and sponsored by Oracle. Welcome to the show, Brian Kramer. Hey, that was an awesome intro. Thank you so much for saying all the nice things about me. <laughs> right, right. Well, you can. I'll, I'll send you a copy of the recording, and you can put it on your like uh, your phone, so you can listen to it periodically. I'm going to play it for my wife, so she realizes how <laughs> I have here. Right, right. <laughs> you can put it on your resume. There you go. So, our show today, Brian, is going to focus on learning how to drive business growth by focusing on delivering a human to human customer experience. So the first question that I have, and probably all of our listeners, is what exactly is a human-to-human customer experience? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, when when the um, the idea of just HGH human-to-human first was uh, presented, and when I first presented it four years ago at um, or a little over four years ago at uh, at a conference in San Francisco, it meant something just slightly differently, and it's progressed over the years into um, a fully mature, you know, not so newly born <laughs> concept, which um, is pretty. Um, it's been pretty. It's been pretty interesting to see the twists and turns, especially as technology and humanity, um, you know, how we engage as humans are um, are all working together. So, um, one of the things that I originally started uh, the concept over was just, you know, the fact that social media was born and you could actually have a conversation with anyone, no matter who you are or where you are. And, uh, and that bridged the gap. But now it's really, um, it's really become, um, you know, w- more automated than ever. Um, you know, automation systems and AI and VR and like machine learning and all these things are out there and they're going to only start to pull us apart, in, in my opinion, and start to pull, put us into a place where we're starting to automate more. So I think it's super that we inject human experiences into all of that. And we have like these human touch points that, um, that creates, um, you know, and, and sustains real world relationships um, where we might otherwise be heading in the opposite direction. So human to human is not a, um, it's not new thinking. I mean, before we had machines, people, you know, and computers, people, you know, they, they talked to each other when, when they did business. I mean, it was, you went out to lunch with people, you had meetings, you sent letters. And, and what you're saying now is that in the age of the technology revolution, which we are in the middle of, is not to forget the importance of that human to human element in driving relationships and, and being unique. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, well, it so it breaks down into three different uh, categories, which I cover um, in the book, but I can 
uh, shortcut that for you. Um, although there's still a lot more detail around um, actual companies that use this and how they use it <clears throat> there that they you, you may want to check out. But the, the overarching concept is that um, for you to be either a real um, a, a person that people want to uh, gravitate towards or you are a business that wants to be more human um, how do you humanize a business is is on everyone's minds right now and so or most everyone's so um so that the concept really lives around these three pillars um simplicity empathy and imperfection and um and and when you think of good quality people that you really gravitate towards they usually have one two or even all three of those um all three of those uh, um, attributes and um, and so now then when you start to switch your thinking around a, a company and think, well, how simple is it to understand what that company does? Um, how empathetic is that company towards its customer um, or potential customer? Um, and and then um, uh, imperfection, how do they embrace it? Because every company in, is imperfect and there is no such thing as perfection really in life. So how do you embrace the imperfection uh, the imperfections that happen all the time um, in everything that happens. So when you kind of put those three things together and think about, how, you know, how you can really be become a, a, a human-driven company on based on on those kinds of things. I think it really starts to, you know, kind of build the the brand tone in a much better direction than we build a product. This is what it solves. So let's let's break down the the three. Uh, types of companies you right there simplicity empathy and imperfection right what's an example of a company that embraces simplicity um funny you're i love that you're turning the questions back on on me i usually ask the audience this (laughs) Uh, i love the power you know if i don't have the answers if i don't have the answers by now then i i I certainly haven't um, done my job so okay this is going to be fun uh you said simplicity right right um so simplicity might be, um, uh, I, I, I tend to think, and I, it's, it's kind of a softball answer, but, but um, Apple is a pretty good company for, for simplicity. I think, sure. you know, you really like, if I, if I, if I questioned almost anyone in my circles or, or yours and said, what does Apple sell? They'd probably be able to name off almost all the products, if not all of them. So simplicity is, is certainly in there. Um, you know, the other thing, and even you want to go even more simple is uh, in and out Burger. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they've got, they've got they've got three three things you can buy. Um, you don't get more simple than that. Now there's a hidden menu which makes it kind of fun, but the three things you can buy are you know um, quite simple. And so I think the companies that build on that that platform of simplicity and understanding of what they offer that's that's where it really. Uh, that, I mean, they they weren't the, that burger company in and out burger has has not been around that long, not as long as McDonald's and Burger King. Mm-hmm. Um, so their their secret, yes, is great burgers and fresh food. But even more so, they took what was a complex menu in the other two competitors and whittled it down to exactly what the customer just wanted to get. And I think that's that's huge to their success. I, I like where this is going because I know that there are people who are listening and they're trying to figure out what type of company they are. Are, are we a company that embraces simplicity, empathy, or our own imperfection? But really where you're going with this is that the more you embrace it, uh, the, the more unique your selling proposition and and it allows people to almost like put a face with the name and and in the comfort level in them buying from you 
right? They 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 love the simplicity approach that you take. They love uh, the imperfection. And I guess when when you say imperfection, one of the companies that comes to mind is KFC, right? Right? With the with the recent um, thing that happened in England where they ran out of chicken. Yeah, how cool was that? Right? They ran out of chicken. Um, you're, right. And and. I mean, in Britain, and and instead of uh, hiding behind it, they um, uh, and they, you know, all of I, I forget it was like seven hundred and something stores, and um, and they they ended up putting up a sign that said, um, "We really regret not having the one basic thing that you come to us for, which is chicken," and um, and you know we we're 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 trying to get this. You know, uh, turned around and blah 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 blah, and it was a really nice a- uh, ad that they took out in two newspapers, and they also hung a sign on every KFC um, store. And then, um, and then the the cool thing though was that they kind of made fun of themselves instead of KFC, it was FCK, um, <laughs> and, and so it really, you know, showed a little humor and a little. Um, like a, a little make, made fun of themselves, which, which, you know, anytime you turn something back on yourself and, and, um, and, and do something like that, I think it really goes miles. And it did. Um, it actually reflected on their bottom line. They ended up, um, they ended up flat. So that week they didn't lose any money. Um, after, after they, everyone really loved the fact that they owned it so much that when they came back, people flocked to get the chicken even more so, and it made up all in all revenue across the board. So talk about, um, something that actually can generate, you know, to your bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, we all make mistakes and that's a very, very important lesson for the business owners and, and executives listening today is that it's inevitable that some, at some point in business, you're going to make a mistake and you, you, you need to own it. You need to own it and you need to fix it. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and deny it or, you know, play dumb about it. It's, it's, because people will see through it. And even the people who may not have heard of it, heard it initially will eventually find out about it. So I love that idea. I think, you know, you call that embrace your, your inner Fokker, right? Right. The, the, uh, the imperfection. Yeah. That's the, yeah. You, you know me well, we, we've been hanging out a lot uh, as the audience. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's actually a nickname that I, I carry now, not just amongst friends, but also your, your audience will now start calling that, me that I'm sure, um, which is which is fine. You can I'm I'm used to it by now. But I you know it's one of my favorite characters ever in any um, any movie. Um, you know, with 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 the concept of being like if you've seen Meet the Parents, um, Gaylord Fokker, you know, by uh, the actor uh, Ben Stiller is this just wonderfully smart yet. Um, you know, just tries too hard kind of person trying to get into the good graces of his father-in-law and his new fiance's family. And, you know, he, he, he just fails miserably trying to do that. And so, you know, that's kind of like, I just, I, I really, I I identify with that, unfortunately. Um, And, and, um, and my wife, funny enough, she laughed at me, what, 18, 19, oh, 19 years ago when we were sitting in a theater watching the movie, I wasn't laughing because she's like, wow you know, why aren't you laughing at this movie? I said, it just reminds me so much of me. I don't think it's very funny. But now I've learned to laugh at myself. We're all good. I'm, I'm, I've moved on since then. Um, but I really think that people are um, are like that, like not like Ben or like Gaylord Fokker, but, you know, it, there is a little bit of a Gaylord Fokker in us all. 
And there are, you know, there are times when we've all walked into a pole or missed a step or tripped or, you know, it doesn't even even it's just like these little human moments. And and, you know, if you think back to that, like if you have a spouse and you think about a human moment like or something that you remember, it's probably a funny moment that you two had together um, more so than anything else. And, And that's what makes it a human moment, because it was that kind of like Gaylord Fokker thing that you guys can laugh over forever. And, and you'll never forget it. And so, you know, can you imagine if if companies had human moments, right? Like where it's not going to like not not life altering, like stock dropping kind of kind of stuff, but moments where you actually know, like there's real people behind this brand. There's real people behind this product. They really have a person I can talk to. There's like I don't have to switch reps every time. Like I was just on a service call this morning, as, as you know, Brian, where I'm like, God, can I just talk to somebody instead of this, like the phone system, um, you know, trying to get my internet back up. And so like, it's just these, these moments where all you just want to do is just talk to a real person who can help you and they, and they care. So um, anyway, there's my, there's my diatribe, but I do think it all kind of goes back to um, what I, I, I absolutely love about Gaylord Fokker, which is those imperfect situations that, that become perfect in and to themselves. Well, you know, and you bring up a good point about wanting to connect with, you know, a human who can empathize with your situation. But what about the companies listening to us today who who didn't start out embracing the human to human customer experience? Is it possible for them to now somehow start moving in that direction? And if so, what what are the steps that they can take? Yeah, well, I mean, to move to move in a certain direction, the, the biggest thing that I would say is is um, is is to do it to start now. Um, don't don't try to wait. Don't map it out. Don't um, I mean, yes, map it out. But but um, but, you know, if you're if you're a small business, you have a leg up. You can easily just pick up the phone and be human, like reach out to someone, take them to lunch, ask them how they're doing. Um you know, uh, don't ask back, like talk about yourself, talk about them, like uh, ask them about how their, their, their work is doing. How's their family? Um, uh, you know, go into the, go in, into somebody's office and pay them an, uh, a compliment for no reason. And, and, um, or just pick up the phone and call somebody randomly and talk to them. Um, and, and again, ask them how they're doing. So, you know, these are, these are things we're so focused sometimes on, like on selling and, and, and doing things that, um, you know, they're going to go jive with whatever the company's mission and vision and values and like all these different things, but at the end, or even just like starting up your automation systems and trying to email out, which yeah, it has its place, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the person that's going to, it's the relationship that's going to, that's going to matter the most. So, um, so, so pick up the phone, call somebody. Right, right. But, you know, in, in previous podcasts, um, we've t- I've talked with other SMB experts uh, on our panel, Andrew Sherman and Whitney Johnson in particular. And we talked a lot about, uh, you know, building a good, uh, uh, the best possible team. Whitney's new book, Build an A-Team, or Andrew's book, The Crisis of Disengagement. And I remember he, he has a statistic in there that said uh, two-thirds of all employees are either disengaged or actively disengaged. And only 4% of employees are actively engaged in what they do. Um, Another statistic was um, last year, 27% of all employees switched jobs, and that was an all-time high. So as business owners are 
trying to develop a more human-to-human customer experience, their representation is going to be these employees. And it sounds like, you know, from our previous podcast, that before you even engage in, in, in the idea of, of creating human-to-human customer experience, you need to make sure that your employees are on the same page, right? That the corporate culture of your business is one that it, it, everyone's excited to come to work and, and to represent your product. Talk a little bit about that and, and what, are, what, what can companies do to make sure that everybody's buying into the human-to-human customer experience in your company? Yeah, it's it's that's a really good question because a lot of you know the age that we've been focusing on has been um, has been external. Although the the it can really it can really lend itself both inter- internally and externally. But um, but most of what we're we've been focused on is how do we leverage you know outbound inbound uh, uh, marketing to generate leads, sales, and relationships. Um, and and you're talking about the total experience, which is. How does in 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 house or inside the company relate um, to ex, uh, external? And that's where I really really start to think that you know it's not just H to H, it's um, it's it's also human experience, um, human experiences. No matter who you are, where you are, and what you're going to do. And so you know if you if you look at um, employees as um, as as your frontline. Um, you know, salespeople, no matter who they are, because they're representing your brand. Um, you know, the first thing, first thing I'd say is, um, uh, uh, you know, apply the same values, um, simplicity, empathy, and imperfection. And I, I hate to be redundant, but um, but it, you want those values to shine from internally outward. And um, and so, you know, are the people that you're hiring fitting into? Um, the 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 values that you've created, and whether it's you know those three or other things, and then I'd say that's what you need to hire toward. Um, but also, I think um, you know this is where it gets kind of a little bit more nitty gritty, and and it, it, my answer would be a little bit different based upon if you're smaller or larger. Um, but 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 at the very base of it, walk up to a whiteboard and start diagramming out your um, your entire customer experience. Your your, the, and then integrate the human experience. Um, so the customer experience is one thing, right? Like, how did they come to you? Like, how did they first hear about you in awareness? And then how did you market to them in omnipresence? And then how did you retarget them in intimacy? Or or how did you talk with them one-on-one in more of an H-to-H, human-to-human way? So that's kind of the, the general funnel that everyone should or could put in place. But it doesn't end there. Um, once, you've ha- once you've got that either mapped out with how you're doing it or should do it, then start to go, you know, put, drop in um, the human touch points of how can I make this better? Um, you know, what, what's one thing that might, uh, you know, delight a customer in a way that they've never even thought about? Kind of like one time when I was delivering pizzas, I think I'm, I may have told you this story before, but I'll, I'll tell it real fast, which is like when, when I was a pizza delivery driver in college, I, del- I, I couldn't make tips. And so I bought these two liters for 50 cents for two. And, and I put them in the back of my, my truck and I drove them around with a medium or larger. I delivered a free two liter. And they were like before when they didn't have any money because college students don't have money. Um, after I delivered that, they were like, Oh my God, I, I needed that two liter. Cause most of them have cotton mouth. <laughs> and so, so, um, so I was like, here's the, here's the two liter. And they go, wow, this is amazing. That's exactly what I needed. And I go, don't worry, it's free. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they would reach in their pocket and hand me $5 and $10. I was making so much 
every night as a pizza delivery driver that I was like, wow, this is this is a really good lesson that when you start to deliver value on something that is just like a normal process and every day, like we deliver pizzas all the time, but why didn't we deliver like something that they didn't expect, but they also needed. And so, um, you know, I'd say that applies to every business, whether you're a, a $200,000 business or a $200 million business, um, no matter what size you are, exactly what I just talked about in that pizza delivery story can apply to you on so many levels and create so much revenue based upon just delivering unexpected value. I love it. Surprise and delight. Um, but giving, give, so so you took it upon yourself to uh, to deliver the two liter bottles of um, soda to uh, customers, and as a way of surprising and delighting them, and then ultimately earning tips from them. Um, and and you talk about imperfection, right, as one of the the um, components of a company and your employees. So. If, if you talk about employees embracing, let's say, new ideas and imperfection, is that the same thing as allowing them to make mistakes? Oh, absolutely. Not just allowing them, but it's the re, it's the it's the response to the mistake. Um, it, it, you know, allowing um, allowing gives you the sense that I'm going to let you make a mistake. Um, a, a reaction to a mistake is where I think the. Um, uh, where, where the emphasis should be actually placed. And, and this is the same thing in, in life or with your kids or with anybody. You know, I think that we're all totally defined and define ourselves in the moment of reaction. And, uh, and, and in that moment when something hits us hard and we've all been there where we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. That moment that you re- react, that's, that's the moment that changes the difference of a one degree shift of where things can head because everyone's watching you and looking at you as a leader and thinking, well, what's going to come next? And so if you allow for that mistake in the reaction, it makes a bigger difference than allowing them to make a mistake. I, I love that. I love that. But And, and I would you know, I, I come from that school of trust, but verify. So the idea is I would allow you to make mistakes and I will allow you to embrace your imperfection as an employee, understanding, though, that there are boundaries, right? That that so if, if I give you access to social media, don't start bashing the competition. Don't start saying, you know, sharing your personal political views or stuff like that, right? That 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 doesn't benefit our customer. It's not part of our H to H customer experience, and that's not part of our corporate culture. So there there do have to be guidelines set up so that employees understand. The ultimately where you want to go with the business, that if you do this, and even if we stumble and fall a little bit, we're stumbling forwards, right, to get closer to our to our goal of where we want to go with this company. So would you agree that, you know, that there, there should be guidelines in place so that people understand the kind of the arena that they're playing in? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like anything, you know, we're, 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 uh, we, again, I'll go relate it back to kids. Um, uh, they, they need guidelines as well, but they also need space to fail, uh, so that they understand and learn, um, what can, can, shouldn't, and should not happen. Um, and so I think, I think the same thing applies to just about anything. I mean, yeah, there's guidelines and guide rails and how, whatever you want to call it rules that we need to exist within. But, um, but I think that, that a lot of 
uh, and and I, I may be not making a lot of friends here with this statement, but that's all right. I'm the human guy. I can screw up and erase my imperfection, right? Um, I think that um, that there are sometimes just too many guide rails. And I would actually live on the, um, if there's going to be like a clear, like if you were looking at a line of, you know, do I do too many rules or, um, or, or, or none at all? I would just go slightly under the, the too many. I would, I would not do a lot of rules. I, I think that going back to simplicity, I would, I would apply the same, the same thinking, the same, 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 um, uh, same idea there with like, here are the three things that we expect of you. And that's it. You know, it's not, here's the handbook with 50 pages, go read it. And if you screw up on any one of these, you're done. Um, so there's a difference there. I, I like that. And, and I would agree with you. But let's talk about the balance of technology and personalization. So personalization and automation in delivering a better H2H customer experience, because it sounds like that's where we're headed uh, you know, our companies and, and society, right? There's going to be a fair amount of automation, artificial intelligence, uh, and and uh, helping us with some of the more mundane tasks of running a company. And it hopefully will free us up to allow us to focus on the bigger picture and delivering a better H2H experience. So what tech tools are out there that you might recommend for companies to look at, whether they're specific tech tools or kind of a, you know, a, a category of tech tools that would help businesses deliver a better H2H customer experience. It's not a category. It's, and it's not a tool. It's, it's a way of thinking, but, but I will um, answer a question, even though I'm kind of going around it a little bit, because it really, it, remember I, I delivered uh, two leaders without any technology. Um, so that, that is the most HH, you know, not the most you can get, but it, you know, pretty right up there. And so there are things that you can do, I think nowadays that, that might even be considered non-tech that might be like total HH. Like when's the last time that you got a handwritten letter or a thank you note in the mail? Um, and how often do we get just like bills? And, and most of the time now we don't even get anything in the mail because it's all electronic. Um, so when you do get something, it's like, wow, this is amazing. I, I think that the things that used to be traditional in our minds are now the things that actually stand out um, the most. And so, you know, you kind of, I, I hate to sound pragmatic, but it is, it is pragmatic. Like I would say, go back to being pragmatic and go back to doing things that, um, that you used to do that now will stand out. Um, mean like, like sending, um, sending somebody like anyone that sends me uh, a video at my email address here, we'll test it out. If you, if you email me at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N at Brian Kramer, uh, Brian with a Y Kramer with a K, um, dot com. I, and ask me a question. I'll email you back in a video and answer your question. Um, and how HH is that? Like, it's actually your name. I will answer you back. And, um, and, and, and you can ask me a question back and we'll have a dialogue and, oh my gosh, now we're having a conversation. God willing, we actually extend that into a real relationship. This is the stuff that we, we need to do. Right. So, um, so it's kind of that pragmatic approach of like, um, like, uh, sorry, not to talk all about me, but it's it, the best example that I have, um, recently is that I, I, I posed a question in my email newsletter and I, I just asked everyone a question and man, for 24 hours, I sat there replying to every person in this one question I asked them about. And I built some great relationships in that 24 hour time frame. 
So, um, so again, maybe don't automate all the time and actually, uh, you know, be pragmatic and reach out in ways that, that are going to not only surprise them, but, um, but just, just ways that you normally would do that. If you were a, a regular human, everyday person lifting up the phone or emailing or sending a letter to someone and doing something that again, is just not normal, normal anymore. And it should be, you know, there's, there's a lot to what you're saying in that, um, in, in a world, in a future where automation is going to be mainstream, when you want to order something, you, you know, there's a good chance, even it's even happening today, where you won't speak to a human being. You know, you, you, you can order coffee on your app you, to a store you've never been to. You walk in, you pick it up, you leave. It's paid for. And there was zero human interaction. And, and part of that can be good in terms of scaling your business and running a more efficient business. But in the end, you know, there's, there is a internal corporate culture and an external uh, customer experience that will only be as unique as you, the CEO or executive or leader of that company, uh, will allow it to be. And so you're absolutely right. And, and that's why I'm thrilled that you're on our podcast today sharing this information, because that is our unique, you know, competitive advantage, unique selling proposition is what kind of HDX customer experience are you delivering? And are your employees embracing their inner Fokker, their ability to try stuff out and make mistakes and learn from them and go on and help you build a better company and feel like they're playing an integral part in helping you build a better company. So I love I love the message that you're sending out today and that you've been sending out. You know, you and I had a great opportunity uh, in Chicago recently at Oracle's Modern CX conference, where we did a webinar together and, and a tweet chat, which was incredibly well received. And I sat in on your session that you did there. And it's all delivering this important reminder to companies not to you lose the human to human touch points in your business. See, I'm just going to take you to every conference and every podcast. And, um, and I'm going to have, I'm going to play this one, one episode. I'm just going to, this will, I'm, that, I'm done. That, that's exactly. Well, I, I learned from you. I learned so much from you and I'm able to share it with my clients. So, and, and I do give you credit. I, I always tell them that, you know, this is not from me, but this is Brian Kramer and, you know, here are his two books. And, and you know what? We have come to that kind of that, that witching hour. So I I, I want to thank you for really giving us all of these insights and sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, I do want to mention your two books, uh, best-selling books, uh, Human to Human, H to H, and Shareology, which are both you know, quick reads, you'll take a ton of notes and it's stuff that you can put into your business immediately. So, uh, but if people wanted to contact you, Brian, uh, for follow-up questions or for more information or to hire you or to come speak at their event, you gave us your email address. How else can people reach out to you? You know, the, the, I'll, I'll tell you, there's there's an easy way to reach out to me and that's just to email me. Uh, so brian at briankramer.com um, or you can go to my website, which is briankramer.com. And, or you can go to my Twitter handle, which is at Brian Kramer, or you can go to my Facebook, which is at Brian Kramer. So I'm really easy to reach the, all those ways. 
Um, also, if you're interested in figuring out, um, and I hope you don't mind, but this is just a, a, a nice uh, addition or a bonus uh, to anyone who's listening. If you want to find out what kind of a human brand you are, what kind of human sharer you are, I actually have a free uh, quiz that I've had over 30,000 people take and, uh, and, 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 and successfully, I should say. Um, uh, and so if you go to briankramer.com forward slash uh, personal brand quiz, um, it'll tell you in just a few seconds exactly what kind of human brand, uh, personal brand, um, and sharer that you are um, in, and with this, with a whole description and how to actually use that in business to to your um, to to your benefit. So um, hopefully that's helpful as well. I love it, and I appreciate the share, and I will make sure that I let people know about it as well. So Brian, as always, it's great to talk to you. I appreciate you being part of our podcast today and enlightening our audience. And I look forward to the next opportunity to spend time with you and to take notes on what you're talking about. So thank you. As Thank you as well. Thank you as well. I've, I've enjoyed it and I'll um, definitely look forward to uh, doing the same with you. All right. And thank you everyone who uh, was listening to our podcast today. And uh, we'll have a resource page on the website. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher, or on smallbusinessedge.com backslash podcast. And you can listen to all the podcasts that we've been doing for the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Thank you very much. And everyone have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran sponsored by Oracle. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com for a listing of future podcasts.